Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wyo Lee, and you are listening to Sex Stories, an open-minded space with room for all where we discuss the details of our most personal delights. As always, keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Uh, listen to the outro if you want to know how to connect and enjoy. Our guest today is a 22-year-old straight cis female who is currently in a long-distance relationship of about three-ish years. She is into phone sex, roleplay, and soft BDSM, a biomedical master's student and intern from the Netherlands. Welcome, Keika. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. I didn't do your name perfect. Can you say it for our listeners so they can hear it said properly? Yeah, sure. It's Keika. It's a pretty Dutch name, so it's always fun when non-native Dutch people try to say it. Yes! Can you start off by telling us if you had to rate yourself? On a sexual shameometer today, with one being totally shameless and ten being so full of shame, where do you fall right now? It's probably right in the middle, five-ish, six, something in there. I don't usually talk that much about sex. When it comes up during conversations, I might slip something in, but I won't be the one starting. So, like, oh, you know what I did during the summer, like when I saw my boyfriend, blah blah blah. That's not what I do. So, yeah, this is pretty new to me as well. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So if I'm hearing you, it sounds like if you feel like you have permission, like if somebody else is like inviting it. Yeah. Okay. Basically. So I have to feel safe enough in that kind of way to share. So I won't do it out of myself because I don't know if the people around me want to hear it. Beautiful. I totally get that. Okay. Can you tell us now, just give us a little overview of what your sex life is like right now and what are your favorite parts? So like you introduced me, I'm in a long distance relationship. So I don't have sex as much as I would like to. So I have a lot of sex with myself. Great. So basically, I try to do it every night, but that doesn't always happen because I don't want period. Yeah, I have arthritis as well, especially in my hands. So when I'm in a flare-up, that doesn't really work because I like my hands or with my vibrator or anything. Yeah, you have to hold it and you have to use your fingers to do the movements. And when I'm in a flare, that doesn't really work that well. So now I do a lot of self-sex, and whenever I see my boyfriend, we do a lot of things. We usually cuddle a lot, laying next to each other in bed, or his hands, his hand comes off me, and yeah, we just do a lot of touching and licking as well. Yeah, we also don't have sex sex that often. It's usually the more classified as foreplay that we do, rather than the real penis in vagina. thing. Okay, well, so that's a good question. What's your definition of sex? I just think it's when you have a specified time for each other where you do sexy things. For me, I don't really feel the need to have sex sex, whereas I'm just as happy with just licking, fingering, touching, all that is fine with me. Yeah. And sex is a nice bonus, but penis and vagina, yeah, it's not a must-have for me. Beautiful. So it sounds like sex is about the erotic connection that you experience and with yourself or with a partner, or do you feel like it is partner-focused for you? Well, when I masturbate, I always imagine me and my boyfriend. So that's really something that happens in my brain without having to worry about it. Like, I see or imagine things as always me and him or something like that. So the erotic energy, whether or not the other person is present with you in the physical sense, what then would you say your definition of sexy is? Just attention for each other. and. I just find it so sexy when he says my name. 
because as you notice yourself as well, my name is not something typical for English-speaking people. So it's just very sexy to me. And what makes it even better is when he says, Ik hou van je, before that, which is, I love you. And his voice is very, I won't say high, but not high, like that much high. But when he says, Ik hou van je, or my name, it gets deeper. And that's so sexy to me. I don't know why, but it just does. And yeah, that's always very sexy. I love that. When do you feel sexy? Sometimes when I look in the mirror and I just had a really good day. I slept well, I did some work and everything. And I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, you look hot, girl. And yeah, it doesn't happen every day. And it doesn't have to happen every day. But when it does, I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. I fucking love that. Can you tell us now, did you ever learn about consent when you were growing up? I don't think we called it consent or the Dutch equivalent, obviously. But I think I did all, my parents always said, you don't have to do anything if you don't want to do anything. So don't feel pressured into something. But it was never really explicit. Yeah, same. I got a lot of like, don't do this. But I was like, okay, but what do I do if I'm very horny? Like nobody told me that. I also didn't really get a sex talk. When I was young, I think I was nine, ten-ish or something, there was this TV show on the television that my parents watched. Mm-hmm. And it was this character, and it was really sex-based. And it was always very funny. So it was always like, oh, my parents are laughing, so I'll laugh as well. Because apparently it's funny. Later, I talked with my friend, like, yeah, on Saturday evening, there's this show on television, my parents watch it. And there's this one guy, he's really addicted to sex. And she looked at me and I was like, oh, shouldn't I have said this? Yeah, but it's really funny. And it's not all about that. It's just one character. That's how I backed it up. It's her reaction was like, oh, what? Why are you saying this? And I was really odd because I didn't really have that association. Wow. This was always kind of laughed about. And like when at family gatherings, there were always some insinuations that you didn't pick up on. But when you look back to it later, I was like, oh, that was kind of sexual. Yeah. Was that the first time that you remember hearing about sex? I think so. Just with a, a television show, I didn't really know anything about it earlier. That was really something, oh, that is a thing that people like to do. Wow. Have you had an experience of an explicit yes that has been very sexy in your adult life? Just. Like, when I'm with my boyfriend, we always say, do you want to do this? Like, do you feel like it? Or especially when we go from the foreplay kind of thing, like between quotation marks, it's like, do you want to feel me inside me? Or do you want to be in me? We always say it in that sort of way. We never just do it. We just always say, hey, do you want me in you? Or do you want to get in me? So it's always really explicit whenever it happens. I think that's really cool. That's super hot. That's great. I love that. And lastly, can you tell us about safer sex conversations? What would your ideal one look like? That's a good question. I thought about this, but I never had an explicit conversation about it because we were a long distance, but it happened from just meeting up during a holiday and as friends. So we didn't have any sexual things there. But then we kept texting and eventually it grew into a relationship. And then we were like, oh, we want to meet up again. And... We just said, who's bringing the condoms? Are you bringing condoms? Am I bringing condoms? It was just like that. And that's how it went. And we both brought them anyway. Amazing. Because I don't think we got an exclusive answer. Like, oh, yeah, I'll bring it, he said. And I was like, okay, well, 
I'll buy some as well. I love that. And he was a virgin. I was a virgin when we first met up. So I trusted him when I said he was a virgin. So I'm pretty sure he didn't have any STI. Okay. And neither have I. So that was very natural, I think, because we didn't have any previous partners. So we kind of knew we were safe. I love that you also just defaulted to condoms, too. That's great. Yeah, for me, it was always like, okay, well, I'm not on contraception, so I want to be safe anyway, and I don't want to risk getting pregnant. We're just going to bring condoms, and we'll see where it goes. <laughs> okay, so now let us fill in the gaps between your early years, which we've started to hear about, and this current relationship. You didn't get a sex talk. You did watch a very sex-addicted character who is funny, I guess, on TV. What else do you remember about sex in your formative years? Like, did you get education in school? Aren't the Dutch known for good sex ed, depending on where you're from? Yeah, well, maybe actually we did during primary school, but I just don't remember it. What I do remember, well, what would I be? I would say grade seven, but that doesn't match up with your grade seven. Mm -hmm. So I think I was 10, 11-ish, and we were having PE outside. And we have this big field and we were playing games, whatever. And we got back and the teacher's like, okay, we have to talk about this because some of you guys found a condom. And me, not having had a sex talk, I was like, what the hell is a condom? <laughs> because they were just saying, okay, you shouldn't touch it because you don't know what happened with it. You don't know if there are any diseases with it. And I was just sitting there, what the hell are they talking about? Oh my I had no idea. And I was like, I want to know. So I raised my hand and the teacher looked at me like, yeah, sure, go ahead. I was like, what's a condom? And the class went entirely silent. I was like, oh, should I have known this? My teacher was like, oh, oh, now I have to explain it. Like, you could see that in her brain. Yeah. And she's like, oh, well, do any of the rest of the class know what it is? And one of the other girls was like, yeah, it's when you have sex, you put it over the penis, blah, blah, blah. And it was very brief, and I was like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. Now all the dots came together, everything fell together. I was like, oh, okay, that's a condom. Great. Now I know. And then later when I looked back to it, I probably sh you should have is a bad word to say because every family raised people differently. But I was like, why didn't I know that? And everyone else seemed to know it. I don't know if they actually did because I was the only one that actually spoke up, say, hey, what is it? Because you don't know if other people know it, but at least some of them actually knew. I really want to applaud that and let our listeners know. I didn't start asking questions that I had in my head out loud until about three years ago. Like just around the time that I started interviewing people here on Sex Stories, I realized how many other times in the world I was just like blindly confused about what the fuck was happening. And what I've learned since I gave myself permission to just gently politely check in when i don't know what the fuck is happening is that usually other people don't actually know either and that's part of the reason that strangers yell at me so much because i guess there is this like human thing where we're supposed to just kind of pretend like we all know and you know we'll get we'll get along so i want to celebrate the fact that you did that yeah i always felt comfortable enough as well at home like if i have any questions i'll just ask them no one's gonna judge me for it like that was always the way i was raised like just ask no question is a dumb question. Yeah. So I was just in the class and I was like, what is it? I don't know what it is. I want to know what it is because apparently it's something that is happening and it's apparently near me. I didn't realize because I was on the other side of the field. It could be dangerous. 
yeah, it could be dangerous. I might get a disease. What, what is it? Like, it sounds really dangerous, so I should know what it is. Yeah, it was quite funny, but she started explaining it like, it's some sort of a balloon. <laughs> and so for years, I actually, until we had actual reproductive system education, I really thought it was a balloon that you just put over your penis. Wow. That was quite funny. And at some point, another teacher came in. Or teacher said to the girl I was explaining it, oh, wait for a minute, wait until she leaves. I was like, oh, this is also something you shouldn't talk about that much. And then the other teacher left, and then the girl started explaining further. And I was like, okay, so this is a dangerous thing, and you also shouldn't really talk about it that much? Okay, well, at least I know now. Like, that may, it all was fine in my head. Yeah. But yeah, it was an interesting experience, if I can say it like that. I want to know so many things. I'm just going to throw questions out and you tell me which one you want to answer first and we'll get to the other ones. What did that open up for you? Was your family just shy at home? Why didn't you get a sex talk? Like, it sounds like they're open and non-judgmental, but maybe shy about sex. Yeah. Did your friends talk about sex? Like, where did it, like, kind of, where do you want to go from there? Uh, yeah. So my parents, they never talk about sex. Like, there are some inside jokes about my dad and his brother and everything like that. They have joke about sexual things. But they're never like, yeah, we have sex and everything. They never said something like that. So for me, I just didn't know what it was. Like, I knew there was something that was a man and a female. And they did something in the bedroom. And everyone was laughing about it. And it was like, oh, you guys are having sex. Well, not in that sense, but... I can't remember the official things what they said, but it was like, yeah, it's always something funny and always something that's just out there. But I just didn't really connect all the dots. Did you have any like additional feeling or was it just kind of like a cloud of like, oh, hmm. For me, it was just, I think it was actually a separate thing. So I didn't immediately connect the scary condom story to the laughing bit of the show. So that was actually quite interesting until I got, I can't for the life of me remember what book it was. It was probably something in the young adult section. And they were talking about sex. I was like, what is this? Wait, they're talking about a hand going in between the girl's legs. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> Maybe I should try it. And that opened up a whole new can of worms. And from that point on, I was masturbating. Wow. And I think I was 12, 13-ish, but I really don't remember. I just remember it was a really weird story as well, because when I think back to it, I think they were on some random road in the middle open fields or something, and I don't know what book it was. I tried looking for it again. Yeah. I couldn't find it. I have one of those books, too. I have a book like that, too, where I'm like, I learned about sex from this book. Where is it? Yeah, I couldn't find it anymore, but I knew, okay, that's something that apparently it's fun. So let me try it as well. What do you remember about the first times touching yourself? Like, how did you do it? And I assume eventually you were, you know, doing it in secret or kind of like, what was the, when would you do it? Well, it's very secretive. But the way my house is set up, like the rest of my family, my parents, my little brother and my twin sister are the floor below. So I'm the only one in the upper floor attic kind of thing. So it was always very secluded. So I knew I had to be quiet. I don't know why I knew or why I associated with being quiet. I was like, okay, this is kind of secretive. I'll be quiet. Yeah. And because I was upstairs, like I could always hear when my parents would go upstairs because they would step on the stairs. So I always knew, okay, okay, they're coming. Let's stop. 
let's go back onto the covers. Or if I was under the covers, let's put it back up. I never got caught. I don't know. It was a few close calls, but I was never caught. Amazing. And then can you tell us like the physical specifics of like how you like to be touched and has it changed over the years? Yeah. So when I started, I went straight for the vagina. And I didn't really know what a clit was because I think that was actually before I had the sexual biology class. And I will come to that as well. But I was always like, okay, this sounds fun. And for some reason, I was like, okay, my breasts feel fun. Like the nipples feel fun. And in my brain, don't tell me how I made this connection, but my nipples feel different. Like the left side is a bit more bumpy and my right is more sharp. No, not sharp, but more like a straightforward pokey. Yeah. So in my brain, I was like, Okay, but the left one feels more fun for me when I touch myself. But the right one, which is more pokey, that's more fun for guys. Because it's pokey. Interesting. Wait, where did you get the idea that guys would like pointy things? So maybe it was around the time I had the sexual education. The images were more of a pointy nipple. And that's how I related it to being more fun for other people. Okay. But I really liked the feeling when I touched my other nipple. So it was me like, Okay, when I play, I do it on my left nipple. And when I imagine me doing it with someone else, I'll focus on the other nipple. Oh, my God. So it's literally like, this one is for my pleasure. That one is for other people. And I'll do it. This one is for the other. Yeah. Also, can we just focus on the fact? So that's, that's blowing my mind. But also, your nipples have such a different experience in your sensory reception. And I think it's more even now. Like when I play, I like both of them. But when I was younger, I was really like, okay, this is for my pleasure and this is more fun for others. Wow. Okay. So jumping ahead because we were just on this topic, did you tell your now boyfriend that when you first got together? Were you like, here's no, yours? Okay. No. Does he have a discernible preference? I don't think so. So <laughs> it's more like I'm always on his left side. So his hand more easily goes to the pointy one. Okay. I don't know what. That's all, especially when we're laying on our side, that's just more easy to reach. Oh, now I'm thinking about it. That's really funny. It's easier for the one that I thought was more desirable. I mean, it is interesting how sometimes I have noticed that I'm, you know, whatever words we want to put it in, my expectations really do dictate the outcome of my experience in the world over and over again, even in random ways like that, where it's like, well, who the fuck knows if that's a related thing or not? But <laughs> I never correlated the two. Does he know that they have different sensitivities or do you feel like it's evened out enough now? I think now I don't really have a difference because now I don't focus as much on my breasts as I did before because that felt more like my warm-up way was to play with my breasts. And then when I went to the real deal, quotation marks, I went down to my vagina because I didn't really correlate the clitoris with anything. So for me to warm up, I was like getting wet because of my nipples. And now I get wet because I use my vibrator. So I still want addition to go back to my nipples when I masturbate now. But my go-to to get warmed up is to just get my vibrator and put it on my clit. Amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so now you use your vibrator. Before you realized that clits felt good and you were vagina-focused, but also discovered your breasts, how did you figure out the clit stuff? Like, take us through the next step of that progression. <laughs> I think that kind of happened when I started online role-playing. Oh, yeah, so it's probably pretty problematic when I look back to it. I probably shouldn't have done that oh. because it was on this app kick. And when you went to the global thing, everyone was just posting things. Right. Like, hey, I want to chat about whatever. And it went into role playing. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. 
So that's actually when I realized what sex was and how many different ways there are to do sex. Oh, wow. How old were you? I think I was 14. Oh, that's right. Because I'm so much older. Kick didn't even exist till I was a grown up. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yes. Got my first phone when I went to secondary school. So I was about 12-ish. I think I got it for my 12th birthday. So then I learned about it a bit, but I didn't go searching for anything. I was chatting with someone on another game that I was talking about. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm never going to give out my phone number to strangers. That's how I was raised. Don't give out your phone number to anyone you don't know. So they were like, oh, what's your phone number? I was like, no, I'm not giving you my phone number. How about Kick then? I was like, what the hell is Kick? Well, sure, I'll download it. And then that opened more. And that's how I got introduced to more things. Okay. Yeah, and then they were like, oh, yeah, the clitoris. I was like, what the hell is a clitoris? I don't know what that is. I knew the word, but I didn't really know what it was. Yeah. So then I went searching on Google and see what came out of it. And that's when I realized, oh, people do all the things I do, but focus more on their fit. And when I started doing this, like, oh, this feels good. This is nice. <laughs> so it's amazing that it led you to your clitoris. But I also heard you say maybe I shouldn't have done that. Were there bad things that happened in those role plays? Or was it just sort of like looking back with an adult brain? You're like, that was young. Now, looking back, I was like, I probably shouldn't have done that because everyone, you know, because I also did it, I lied about my age. Like, I want to be older. I want to be more mature. Yeah. But you never know if other people did that as well. Yeah. Like, I never sent out nudes because my parents, well, I did say that, actually. Don't send nude pictures. Just don't do it because you never know where it's going to end up. So I was like, okay, I'm never going to send nudes. That's fine. I might show a bit of cleavage, but I won't send full-on nudes. My brain was like, yeah, but cleavage is fine because people when I'm out and about can also see that, but no, no private part, so to say. That's not going to happen. Uh, but when you think back to that, like I was 14. I don't know how many older people were in there. And yeah, yeah I think looking back, it was probably a bit problematic. But I, I mean, it gave me a lot of information. I got a lot of pleasure out of it, so to say. But looking back, I probably shouldn't have done that. I would probably go back and be like, Nah, get away from that. Try looking for fun stories online, but don't go on that app. Yeah. So it sounds like your boyfriend was your first partner with everything. Did you have sexual experiences beyond the internet? No, it was really, I didn't date anyone until him, really. Okay. Like I had a kid relationship. You can't really call it a relationship, but you liked each other and you call it a relationship, but it wasn't a relationship. We held hands. That was it. We didn't do anything else. <laughs> okay, so is there anything else to know about sort of the online role play experience? Like, has that shaped your sexual self in any way as an adult? I realized I like being more submissive. So I wanted other people to take control. One, because I, in the beginning, I didn't know what I was doing. So if they were talking about something, I was like, okay, I can hop onto that train and kind of go along. But in the end, I always was submissive. I don't think if I knew more about it, I would be more dominant. I don't think so. But I think that really did help. And still now I like role playing. When we don't know what we're going to do, I will always say, oh, how about a random scenario? And we just do something like that. Can you give us an example? Because role play is such a broad term and it could mean just like literally everything. I think I like the coach player or something like that. Like when you're doing sports, something like that. Like it's a bit more power dynamics kind of thing like when the other person is more in control in that kind of setting i always like that so it's also naturally built in so i don't need to do a lot of 
oh, but you tell me what to do. And because that doesn't work for me, I just want it to be already set in place. Like, okay, well, obviously you should tell me what to do because you're in this scenario, you're in control. Is it just stumbling into those scenarios where you're like, oh yeah, I like to be the one that's just following along? Or were you picking those types of scenarios because of your conscious understanding that you like following along? I think it's like this Venn diagram on both of the circles and at some point they came together. I think that's the best way to describe it. I think it was natural and I think it was also because I didn't know any better. So I was just going for the easy way out. So coach and player, what other combinations do you remember? Or were there any standout scenes from that time that you remember or things that just sort of made you feel lit up or alive? I did a lot of student-teacher kind of thing. And then also parts where the student actually started pushing herself up. So taking more of a bit of a dominant side. So there are different scenarios, but it always went down to, I enjoy it when you enjoy it. So Tell me what you enjoy and we'll do that because I get pleasure out of seeing you in pleasure. Totally, totally understand that. So then can you tell us like what are some of your current role play loves and or fantasies? Oh, yeah, we don't do it as much now because we just like reminiscing because we saw each other like a couple of weeks ago. So mm. we're kind of reminiscing what we did there. And it's how- almost like role playing being in person together. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's always, like, we're always role-playing. We don't have each other all the time. So I'm actually quite jealous of people that actually live with their boyfriends or see them at least once a week or something. I mean, I see him for long periods of time when I see him. Yeah. But it takes, especially during COVID, don't get me started. I didn't see him for a year. Like, not in real life. But everything was during video calls, WhatsApp, and that's it. Wow. And when we first got back together after COVID, that was... Really amazing. Oh, oh, should we jump ahead and hear specifics? Yeah, sure. So, like I said earlier, I have arthritis when he came over for the first time after COVID. So, I was in the middle of getting things figured out, getting medication, trying to get all the pain to go away. Yeah. And then he was there. And I'm like, I want to do this. I was like, okay, I'm in pain, but I still want to do this. So, if I have to stop in the meanwhile, Please know it's not because of you. It's just because I'm in pain. And he was very kind. He was like, if you, yeah, sure, don't worry. If it's too painful, we don't do it. But then I felt guilty. Like, oh, but you are doing it for me. He's like, no, you take care of yourself. I'm fine. as long as." And he also was like, if I'm in pleasure, he's in pleasure. Mm. So we kind of perfectly matched that way. He's like, no, if, as long as I enjoy pleasuring you. So don't worry about it if you can't pay back the favor. That's fine because we like each other and we like whatever we're doing. So don't feel it like you owe me anything. And like in my brain, I know that, but because I really wanted to do this, like that's the thing. If I didn't want to do it, that would be a different story than if I actually wanted to do it. So that was actually quite interesting. And I ended up etching him an awful lot. That was absolutely not planned. We were finally back together. After COVID, and I was just going very hard with one hand. I was like, no, I really can't keep going. So I switched to the other hand. And then at some point, oh, this doesn't really work anyway. So then I went to giving it a blowjob. And at some point, I was like, oh, this also doesn't feel good anymore. So I went back to the first hand, and I kept pushing it up. And I noticed he was like, oh, oh. He, he kept getting close. But I couldn't finish him off. Like, I was already pushing myself to keep it going. 
he didn't ejaculate. And I know he was in a lot of flashy like I could just <sighs> see it all over, but he didn't ejaculate. So I was like, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. And then at some point, okay, I have to really keep going. And after he ejaculated, he was like, what's my name again? Like, he was <laughs> completely gone. He was out there. I don't know how he was still able to breathe. I, don't, I think he would have probably forgotten that as well if that wasn't a natural thing. But he was like, what the hell did you do? I don't know. This wasn't on purpose. Like, I knew what etching was, but it wasn't my intention to etch him. It was just, I couldn't keep going. Yeah. Later, he was looking back and we were talking. That was really good. I know it wasn't intentional, but it was so good. Amazing. For me, it brings up this idea that I haven't really thought about in a long time. Of, do you have the concept of blue balls over there? Like the idea that like, yeah. oh, if you start something with a dude, like you're going to leave him in pain and like it, you shouldn't do that. You know, it's it's really a very rapey kind of like outlook. Yeah, I love the idea of being like, you're welcome. I edged you, you know, like now you can have a build. Like, I feel like we should make that the new sexy thing for exploration. Yeah, also, he doesn't ejaculate every time and that's fine. He doesn't mind. And in the beginning, I felt pretty bad about it because you were always taught it's good when he ejaculates. Yeah, that's always what you're taught, basically. If it's implicit or not, that's always what you're told. Yeah, he has to ejaculate and then he's having a good time. Even though the build-up is already fun, it's really good when you ejaculate. And he doesn't all the time. And it's fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, so I was like, yeah, I'll just keep going. And when he says, no, it's okay, we can stop, then I'll stop. But otherwise, I'll just keep going. And yeah, so the blue balls thing never occurs to me. Like, I know what it real. is or what it is. I mean, it's a, it's a coercion tactic. <laughs> That's what yeah, it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But for me, that doesn't work that way. Like, we don't need it. Yeah, it sounds like your relationship is not particularly normative in that way. Like, it sounds like you don't prioritize penetration, but you do prioritize pleasure. We have these details, but actually, can you just, like, take us back to the beginning of your relationship and tell us, like, you know, how did you kind of, like, come to these conclusions? Did it just unfold naturally? We started texting. We went from friends and we were like, well, I like you more than just friends. And it went to kind of a sexual way, like, hey, what do you like? And can we just, like, a role play kind of thing? But it wasn't really a role play, like, hey, I want to touch your dick, basically. <laughs> yeah. From there, it was kind of a benefit thing. And then I was like, no, I actually really like you. I really like you. And I think he said it first. And I was like, oh, that came out of the blue, even though it didn't. But I felt like, oh, wait, he says I love you? And I was like, oh, wait, actually, I do feel the same. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I got so, so surprised, well, yeah. <laughs> so that was actually really fun. I was like, oh, we love each other. So it was really like, wow, just it felt really natural. It didn't feel forced or anything. So from that point on, we were trying to meet up, but obviously he works, I'm a student. So the timelines don't really match up anyway. So you're like, okay, you know what? We're going to plan this ahead of time and say, this week I'm booking off from work and school and you book off from work as well. And then we just go meet up and do this. We want to be together. And then the first time, it was amazing. Like, it was wonderful. It was a bit awkward. Like, we got together and we went to a hotel kind of thing. And we got there and there was a couch, so we just sat there. And he put his arm around me and I leaned up against him and his hand started touching me in my side a little bit and we kissing. I was like, do you want to take my shirt off? And he's like, yeah, 
I want to take the shirt off. So we slowly undressed and then we walked to the bed and it was just a lot of kissing, gentle touching and eventually we had sex, which was nice. I mean, we got better because we knew each other better. Yeah. It was just so lovely. And afterwards we showered together, just washing each other a little bit, like getting all the sweat away and then just laying down like, this is really nice. Wow. Oh, it was absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I still look back to it as like, that was so good. Like, how? How did this happen? But it, I think it's because we went from strangers to friends to benefit things to I love you. And because we don't have access to each other that often, it's so much more intense when you're actually there. Yeah. Like, all my senses were heightened. Like, everything was just sexual to me. Yeah. Not during the day or something. It was also like, as soon as we sat down after we had a day, and as soon as we started cuddling, that was like, oh, now I want it. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was really good. It was really special. I don't know why I got so lucky. And every single time we meet up after, it's just, it's like we never left. And that's what makes leaving a bit hard because obviously we are in different countries. Yeah. So especially since Brexit, they aren't in the EU anymore. So right. travel is a bit more restricted. Well, not too much actually, but still. Yeah, because in the EU you can just say, "Oh, I'll just go there, and that's fine." But he had to get a passport and everything because he didn't have the need to have anything. Like he had an ID card, but he didn't have a passport. Like and with an ID card, you can travel within the EU. So it's really interesting to see how those things go. And it's also when you're comparing other things, like, "Oh, is that how it goes in England?" Or, "Oh, dude, those people are crazy." I mean, I say the same thing about British people. Sorry, British listeners. I will just say that, like, it is my personal British friends, so that's just an anecdotal experience, who are the most like, ooh, can't talk about it. You know, like, I know that there are lots of open ones. Yeah, but also, it's also within your friends. Like, some people are just doing some things differently than others, and that's fine. And I don't mean this in a sexual way anyway, but it's just other daily life things. And that happens in every country, in every city, and your neighbors as well. It doesn't matter, but we always joke about these things because we can. Like, we're different nationalities. We are allowed to do this. Allowed between quotation marks. Totally. It is so beautiful that you had this first experience unfold like this. When you were saying benefits, was that like a long-distance friends with benefits situation? Yeah, it was long distance. We didn't see each other until we were actually in the official relationship. The benefits thing was also just online, just texting each other and video chatting and that was it. That's how we built up our initial relationship. And then we were like, okay, we kind of have to test this. If we also feel this in real life. Yeah. Because you never know that. You don't know how things feel, we text and everything. So does it still feel the same way when we actually are next to each other, if we're actually doing it? And it was. So we're still going strong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it sounds also like you had this like beautiful period of time where you were able to just explore a little bit, but you haven't had so much time together because how long were you together before COVID hit? And then you had a year apart? Yeah, we were kind of official, but we saw each other July 2020. So that was in the middle of COVID, but the first restrictions were lifted. So we were allowed to travel okay. without any tests and everything. So I got there and then... I got back and we're like, we don't know when we're going to see each other, but we're definitely going to go together for Christmas. That was half a year later. Okay. Then shit hit the fan. Wow. Okay. So it was in the middle of COVID that you met up for the first time and then you had a whole year? Yeah. 
was more than a year actually. So he got here in the beginning of October 2021. So it was a year and a couple of months. Okay, so you are sort of fresh in there. So that was actually really fun. Seeing him again for the first time? Yeah, it was like amazing. It was like, oh, you're really here. We can kiss, we can touch each other. And then, yeah, he got back and then because COVID started slowing down, everyone got vaccinated, some boosters were available, and we're like, now the restrictions are almost gone, so now we can see each other more regularly. Okay, so tell us, what was it like to have partnered sex in person for the first time and then have more than a year to start thinking about what you'd want to do next? How did that affect your sexual unfolding in relationship? It was difficult, because if you're in love, you want to be together. You want to spend as much time together as you want. And it was especially hard because we didn't know when we would see each other again. So tell us then, what were the conversations that you were having in between like? Was it mostly like focused on sadness and the like emotional connection that you weren't seeing each other? Or did you use that time to sort of like plan what you were going to do to each other when you saw each other next? We were planning something. Like I find it very funny when you were talking on your podcast about remote controls vibrators and like you first discovered that. Yeah, we felt that while we haven't seen each other yet. So we were in a relationship already, but we didn't meet up to have sex. And he's like, I think you like this. So we got this vibrating egg thing. And he's like, yeah, you can download an app and we can link each other. So I can do this for you. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. So I ordered it and it went along for quite some time. But we used it pretty regularly and I also used it on my own. So at some point, the battery was absolutely dead, so we couldn't do it anymore. But that was really fun. So in that way, we could still play together without actually being together. So that, that was really fun. Oh, I still have not gotten a remote partner to use an app with me. My former master never wanted to do it. Like, that was when I was like, oh, this might not last. Because I was like, I got this thing. And he was like, okay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I, was actually, I loved it. It was one way to actually do it together without actually being together. And like, video calls are amazing. Like, if you just see each other and do the sexual thing. But when you actually know he's on the other side on his phone, swiping the vibration pattern, and I'm receiving it. That's amazing. And you do that without looking at each other, or are you on the phone? You're not. Well, we were on the phone, but we didn't necessarily have to because you could also save the patterns. So he saved the pattern and I was like, oh, this is fun. So we were on a video call or something. I would just get the same pattern and do it to myself. <sighs> so I could just do it on my own, but still know how he did this. He that's did this to me. Amazing. Okay, that's so amazing. And does it work for you? Does it make you like, I mean, okay, not to be orgasm focused, but like, does it? Because I made a pattern for myself. And then when I played it back, I could not make myself come again. But I think that if someone else had made it for me and... Because that's so hard because he did it. Like my partner did it. And you can still, I know this, the pattern is always the same because yeah. you can't really change it afterwards. But you can change the pressure point. So you can still move it up a bit. Like maybe I did it once just fully on my clit. And otherwise I would just go swipe it around the lips and back to the clit and something like that. And you can just do so many things with the same pattern. And that keeps it fun and entertaining. That's amazing. So I really recommend to any long distance partners get one of those toys that you can use as a remote control. And also if you're together, you can still use it because it's still fun. But definitely if you're long distance and you miss each other and you still want to have some sexual thing, get it. This is not an ad because I don't even know what brand it was. 
you can probably find tens of thousands of there's lots of good ones yeah nobody's sponsoring me right now so i'm not going to say any names either but um if someone wants to i'm open to it can you tell us you sound like you are kind of an expert at long distance things do you have any other like wisdom about phone sex and or video sex or just things that you love or things that you don't love that we should know about so personally i like sending news i like knowing that someone else likes seeing me so you do it now yeah <gasps> okay he's my boyfriend he already saw it so <laughs> he can have it yeah, yeah. He, he already saw everything of me so he might as well get a news or two every now and then but i hate pictures of dicks <gasps> really yeah they don't do anything for me like even from your lover yeah yeah i mean that's better than something else but <laughs> can you say what you hate about them what is it how does it make you feel i don't know it's just i think i always associate it with something vulgar or something and i mean i like it in person but the pictures no it doesn't do anything for me okay. and maybe it's angle or anything but no it doesn't do anything for me so i was like if you want to entertain me or something and I send you a nude, I'm just fine with words. Say what you like, say what you want to do. You don't have to like the same thing to actually enjoy both of them because I like sending nudes, but I also like sending words. And if you're like, okay, I'm more in the mood for words, then I'll send you words. But if you like pictures right now, I'll do that. Or if you want a video, you can change things up. So it doesn't have to be just one thing or it can change. Like maybe tomorrow I'm like, no, give me the picture give it to me yeah sometimes i like them but I, if they ask i was like can you just say word because that does more for me because then i can just imagine what you're doing to me while on my own but then i can also read back to it and then it's still fun whereas with a picture i'm like yeah this is fun in the moment because you actually do this right now whereas with work they're like a script of some sort so you mm. can go back and be like oh yeah this, i like this last time let's try it again so if you do long distance, find something that works for you, but also communicate with your partner. If they like something and you don't like it, just say. You can always find a middle ground. Yeah. Have you had to do that? Like, have you been like, hey, partner, I love you, but don't send me your dick unless I ask for it? <laughs> like, mm, no, but I guess I think we're always, oh, do you want to have a picture as well? I was like, nah, I wasn't too enthusiastic myself so he kind of already and we did talk about it when we were in person like i'm not really into that so he just doesn't unless i ask here's a question do you enjoy video like do you like seeing him touch himself in person and how would you feel because like i miss getting videos of cum shots like i used to have partners like send me videos where i wouldn't even necessarily see the penis although i did like that but like i have a friend who like accepts tributes on gold platters <laughs> like she has people come on gold platters for her and i'm like i'm into that but i like to see the cock is that something do you think you'd be into either of those versions yeah i think it's it, for me as well like i think that if someone ejaculates they really enjoyed it so i actually know they're not doing this for show and i think that's kind of the thing for me i don't know if you do it just to show it to me and you don't actually want to do something I don't want it to become focused because I really don't care. But if you show me that, I know you had a good time. I know for sure. Oh, I love that. Are you like super good at dirty talking because phone sex or do you prefer written words? We actually don't really talk about it. Like we do video chats, but then we just, you know, whatever we're doing. Dirty talk happens via text. 
So you could say, oh, I really want to feel your hands all over me and I want you to do this and this. And we just do that over text. Does that mean most of your dirty talk is in English? Have you dirty talked in Dutch? No, because he's very bad at learning languages. <laughs> so he's trying. And I'm like, I don't want to force you to do anything. Like, I really appreciate you try, but absolutely don't feel pressured. Would you ever just like say dirty shit to him that he wouldn't necessarily understand, though? <laughs> like, is that fun for you or hot for you? Oh, because I absolutely hate dirty talking Dutch. Can you give us some examples of something you don't like, the sound of that's dirty? Oh, just the words. Like, penis is just penis. But you can also say pimol. And just pimol. Just listen to the sound of that. It doesn't sound... How would you say, for example, something along the lines of like, hey, baby, I miss you so much. Please come fuck me. Hey, schat. Uh, ik mis je echt heel erg. Kom alsjeblieft, mijn leuke. I mean, I, I think you could say it pretty... I mean, you can do it, but for me, it, it feels better when I do it in English. Okay, yeah. No, I hear that. I also know that other people know what I'm saying, and that gets me off more. Totally, totally. I just It just occurred to me that, that English is not your first language, and all of this is happening in English, and so, okay. In the Netherlands, we learn English from a very young age, so nothing is sub or anything. You always, especially... like. For kids, it's all straight into Dutch. But as soon as you hit, like, around 6 o'clock, all the television is English, and then with subtitles. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's really fun to hear other people saying, oh, yeah, I could never read subtitles. I could never watch something with subtitles. I always did. And look at me. I'm talking English. Like, I'm pretty fluent. Like, sometimes I can't come up with words, but you guys have that as well. And we always grew up with English, so English isn't a problem for me. Yeah. Yeah, and also with my work, everything's English because you do research and you want to talk to international people as well. And my research group has international people. So it's just natural. And a lot of the Dutch people have that because we grew up hearing everything around us on television, everything. It was English. Yeah. So do you fantasize in English or in Dutch or does it just feelings? I think it's both. Okay. Sometimes I do it in Dutch and sometimes I do it in English. Also thinking I sometimes do it in Dutch, sometimes do it in English. Just whatever my brain is set to that day. Amazing. So what else do we need to know about your sex life? I will get back to that because remember we forgot the sex talk in school. We had biology and we had other classes, but biology year two, chapter six. That was reproductive education. And everyone, as soon as you got the books for the year, Everyone went straight to chapter six, just looking. Ooh, oh, we're going to learn about sex. We're going to learn about how to reproduce. And everyone was giddy about it. And especially the few weeks leading up to it, like we were in chapter five and we were getting an exam. And then it was like, oh, tomorrow we're going to start with chapter six. Chapter six, we're going to start with chapter six. That's reproductive system. And you already had a look, but just the anticipation, like we're going to know what sex is. We're going to know, we're going to learn what is happening. I mean, it wasn't just sex. It was also just cells, reproduction, eggs and sperm and whatever it was. It was a really fun kind of atmosphere because you were literally waiting like, what is going to happen? Is a whole new world going to open for me? And when you got to it, it was like, okay, yeah, it's just another course of biology. But just purely the anticipation, that was wild. Wow. Also, that mirrors so many people's stories that I've heard. Like, just the what is it, what is it, what is it? And then you actually do it and you're like, oh, okay. Except for yours, though. That's interesting because yours is kind of the opposite. 
So you didn't learn any sort of like useful interpersonal skills. That's hopefully what we're trying to change. I think we did a little. Okay. I can't really recall it because later on I got more into more in-depth biology and we got back to it. So I don't know what we learned where. Right. That makes sense. I think it was very basic menstruation, stuff like that. But also sex, sexual intercourse, what's happening, what's going on, what fluids are there. That was fun to learn about. So then you got to do the basics. And then if you want to learn something more, yeah, you went on Google. Yeah. And then did your friends in school ever talk about sex? No, my friends and I, we never talked about it. Never. Because, well, to be fair, we all were not dating anyone. So my friend group was always single. And we weren't looking for boyfriends at all. Yeah. So it's just purely, yeah, we're having a good time with us girls. And I don't know, I can't speak for them. But I didn't feel the need to date someone. I just didn't know what could I get more out of it than what I'm already having because I was having a good time. Totally. Also, it sounds like you're doing it perfectly for you. Like you're doing everything in your own time. And if it hadn't been for COVID, everything is kind of unfolding perfectly, you know? Yeah. So what else about your sex life do you enjoy? In my introduction, we said soft BDSM. And when I was growing up, when I looked up porn, BDSM was the first thing that I was watching. I didn't watch anything else. It was just BDSM. And I don't know why it appealed to me, but I was like, oh, this seems fun. And now I was like, probably that wasn't the best porn. It's probably not very ethical. But I was just watching that. And also, when going back to my nipples, I was using clothespins. That's the word. Yeah, it is. You thought to do that? I had to have a dom teach me that that was a thing. So my reaction was like, oh my gosh, she thought of it by herself. I saw it in a porn and I was like, oh, they seem to be having fun. Yeah. Let me try it. And I was like, oh, this is fun. I don't know what I'm doing, but I can stop it if it doesn't feel well. Yeah. I mean, it was more fun when they got taken out and it was more sensitive. And then when I started touching my nipples, it gave me more of a fulfillment. Than when they were actually on there because yeah I was just me so it didn't feel like it gave me any more pleasure while they were on but when I took them off it was like oh yeah that's just quite nice to then play with. That's really intense. What other sensations do you like to experience on your body or what other sensations would you like to try? I'm very ticklish. Like don't try to tickle me because I will smack your everything. So that was actually what my boyfriend was trying first. He was like I'm gonna tickle your set. If you're going to tickle me again, you're sleeping on the couch. Like, don't just don't do this to me. And especially after sex, I get so sensitive. Every part of my body, just don't do it because you're going to sleep on the couch. I'm not doing this. But when he got over here, I had went to the sex toy store thingy and I got a little gift bag and because I got a vibrator. And in this gift bag, there was a feather, handcuffs and a blindfold. So I was like, can we try blindfolding because it seems fun to me and maybe some handcuffs yeah that was fun and uh, he said oh can i use this feather as well i was like okay but if i say no we're gonna stop like i don't want this and i enjoyed it just the touch of the feather along my sides it was so much fun but it felt different than actual tickling it was still ticklish Mm -hmm. but it was a different sensation so i was like oh this is actually really fun you can do this just don't tickle me, but tickling me with a feather, be my guest. Love. So that was really surprising. I was like, no, I'm never going to like that. But actually, I really did. Any other sensations that you want to have and haven't had yet? Yeah, so I'm doing a bit of spanking. I would like to continue that a bit more because it's more like a playful slap on the butt 
I think I want to try more. But then again, we don't see each other that often. And I refuse to bring them in my backpack when I go on a plane. Totally. totally. I don't want to go through security and they'd be like, what the hell is this? Uh, that terrifies me. So we only used it when he got to the network. Okay. But in a perfect zone where you have access to whatever toys you want for the amount of time that you want and say you're there with a partner that you want, what would you like to explore and experience? I would definitely like some more spanking while I'm tied down. <gasps> I just really enjoy he already just hold my hands above my head because I wanted to come, but I always stopped just before I was coming because it got so powerful. Like I was like, oh, this is insane. I want this to stop. He's like, no, we're going to continue for a little bit. And he literally put my hands above my head. And I was like, oh, this is sexy. And I had a great orgasm. So I was like, oh, we're going to do this again. So I was like, oh, can we try the handcuffs? Because I want to try this more without you having to hold my hands up because, yeah, that might be annoying for you or something i just want to feel the sensation of me moving around the cuffs yeah so that was really fun yeah so i think i want to try more with that in combination with toys like maybe a vibrator or just having sex or him fingering me or anything i want to try those kinds of things more oh, i love it what other fantasies or just kind of like larger hopes or explorations for your sex life do you have for yourself i want to have more it's as simple as that like if we have the chance i want him every day like i said i want to play every single day if my body allows i just want to do it every day and it's annoying that he's not here but when we are together it's every single day and sometimes more than once a day so i just want that more but obviously it's just due to circumstances it doesn't happen but just in the future, I would love to spend more quality time, do more experimentation as well, just trying different things. I'm pretty much open to a lot of things as long as we talk about it first. And he's like, oh, I want maybe want to try this. I don't have any examples because we haven't come across something like that yet. But I'm open. If he's like, I think I want to try this. Sure, let's try. Or if I want to be like something, I want, maybe I want to try this and we can always talk about it. I just want that to happen to continue for the rest of my sexual life. Fuck yeah. I want that for you too. Okay. Lastly, could you tell us if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice, what age or ages would you pick and what would you say? I would probably go back to around the time I watched that show and I got to know about condoms and everything. Don't shy away from asking questions. Like, if you ask questions, I don't care if you're embarrassed, because maybe you are, but that's fine. Because as long as you know what you need to know at that moment, just ask. And it doesn't have to be anything sexual. If you are curious about something, ask. And be yourself and try to enjoy yourself. Because the worst that can happen is you don't like it, and you just don't do it again. Fuck yeah. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Do you have a sex question you want to ask me? Because you always say you always want to try things three times and see if you don't like. What's something you, after three times, still don't like? And I don't want to say yuck anyone's yum, but just your personal thing. What's something that you tried and be like, no, I, I just didn't like this. I don't want to do this. 